0: Hey friends, and welcome back to Kendall's World, the mindset, spirituality, and travel podcast hosted by your girl, Kendall Furman. In case you're new here, welcome. This podcast is essentially about my world. I've traveled to almost 40 countries and have been on my spiritual journey for about six years now. So in this podcast, I share my experiences from traveling the world, the insights I've gained through my spiritual journey, mindset tips, mindfulness practices, and some intuitive downloads from the universe that I get while meditating during breath work and during plant medicine ceremonies. Some of the episodes are just me sharing my insights, some are guided meditations and manifestation rituals, and sometimes I bring on experts to go deeper into topics like astrology, holistic health, energy work, and more. So before we get into this week's episode, if you're interested in learning more about these different spiritual topics, mindset tips, and becoming your best self, then definitely subscribe to my podcast on Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. If you like this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with your friends and leave a five-star review. If you feel inclined to further support me and this podcast, you can buy me a cup of tea in the link in the description below and it would be so greatly appreciated. And lastly, for more motivational videos and posts, you can follow along on Instagram and TikTok. Everything is linked below. All right, let's get into today's episode. I am very excited for today's episode Ayurveda 101 and a holistic approach to health with my good friend and Ayurvedic practitioner Priscilla. Priscilla is a certified Ayurvedic practitioner and founder of Ananda Ayurveda. She teaches authentic yoga, Ayurveda, and Hindu spirituality across her social media pages as the Kundalini Yogini. She was traditionally trained and initiated into the yogic sciences under a guru lineage while living in India for 2 years. Now it's her passion to share all things Hinduism with the West. And let me tell you, her passion shines through in this episode. She is so knowledgeable and so passionate about Ayurveda. There were so many things that she taught me that I had no idea were natural rhythms of my body, and I just can't wait to get into it. In this episode, we will talk about Ayurveda 101. What even is Ayurveda? We will talk about the three different dosha types. We all have a different dosha type or body type, vata, pitta, or kapha, and how to live according to your dosha type. We'll talk about natural sleep cycles, when is the best time frame to sleep, when is the best time for a nap. We talk about gut health and healing acne and other skin issues naturally. We talk about how periods are not supposed to be painful and that we can actually use Ayurveda to heal our period and have a pain-free period. Basically, Ayurveda allows us to live according to our natural body rhythms, allowing us to heal ourselves naturally and live a more fulfilled, happier, healthier lifestyle. So before this episode, Priscilla actually gave me a full consultation where we went deep into all the different aspects of my life, how I sleep, how I eat, how I go to the bathroom, how my acne is, how my periods are. And she basically gave me an entire framework for what I should be eating, what I shouldn't be eating. She told me exactly what my dosha type is, what times I should be sleeping, what times I should be eating. She even gave me specific meditations and workouts and yoga practice specifically for my body type. She also prescribed me natural herbs to help heal my period and my acne, and you too can book a consultation with her if you are interested in learning more about this. We'll go more in depth about this in the episode, so without further ado, let's get into the episode. I'm so excited to finally have you on the podcast. We've been wanting to do this for a while. So everyone, this is Priscilla. I did my little intro earlier, but basically we had an Ayurvedic consultation maybe a month ago. And Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of digestive issues, a lot of skin issues, a lot of acne, just overall feeling very low energy, exhausted all the time, having really heavy and painful periods for my whole life, essentially. I feel like it's just always been this way. And then just specifically Mm -hmm. over the past year, I've been struggling with acne and just feeling uh, low energy. And so I've been learning more and more about Ayurveda over the past couple of years. And Prasida is a practitioner in Ayurveda and has studied it, and I'm sure you can go deeper on that, but we finally did a consultation to figure out how I can heal myself and get better through Ayurvedic technologies and science and really excited to learn more about it. So if you could just tell us a little bit about Ayurveda, like what even is Ayurveda?
1: (laughs) Yes. So I know. So it's such an unfamiliar uh, term still for a lot of people, right? Kind of just, I kind of like to describe it like where Chinese medicine was at 10, 15 years ago in the US, where now everybody knows about it. Like it's like a second thing, like nobody bats an eye when you talk about acupuncture um, or cupping or something. Ayurveda is kind of like, we're at that place that that was 15 years ago, um, where it's just now entering the Western world and scope of practice here and on its way to being licensed as a practice. So it's it's starting to get more and more well known, especially in California, which is awesome to see. But basically, Ayurveda is the oldest medicinal system in the world. It's It originates in India, in the India region, and is all about natural healing, holistic healing, like many indigenous medicine systems are, and incorporates the concept of healing the the tripod of life, the body, mind, and spirit, in that we can't heal one without the others. And I think that's what drew me most to it, because I felt like it didn't make sense to me that I'd never in my life been asked by my doctor what I eat first and foremost, or how I'm doing, you know, emotionally or mentally, or what's going on in my personal life, or am I fulfilled? Am I living a life that I'm fulfilled by, right? All of these things have huge impacts on our wellness and our health of the physical body and the mind. So Ayurveda is really that comprehensive, holistic view of how we can heal through herbs, through our foods that we eat, through lifestyle choices, through yoga therapies, through external therapies that we do as doctors and practitioners. So there's a lot of just amazing capabilities to heal the body without the use of such extreme measures like chemical medicines and surgeries that you know sometimes do you know save lives, but that a lot of times aren't needed when we can do these holistic natural approaches in the right time.
0: Yeah. And you said something earlier about how the doctor never really asks you what you're eating. And I find that true with dermatology. Like, I'm seeing a dermatologist and I'm like loving my results, but yeah. they never like ask me about what I'm eating. They said a couple things that I shouldn't be eating, but right. it's like they don't even consider food as a cause for acne. It's all external. And to me, that's so crazy because I know just from my very limited knowledge mm-hmm. of Ayurveda and just wellness in general right. that everything starts in the gut. And especially for your skin, and especially for my dosha type, which you've told me is pitta. So maybe you can go deeper on the different dosha types and what that means exactly.
1: Yes, yes. That's a great place to start, you know, right? Because a lot of our framework for healing is under this methodology of the doshas. So what is that, right? The doshas are roughly translated as biological energies that are active in our body and our mind. So they're responsible for the transformation of nutrients, our, our body literally being able to move and be, be active and alive, to be able to breathe, to reproduce itself, right? To create new life. All of these things the doshas play play roles in, that energy plays roles in, and they're made up of the five elements. So earth, wind, fire, water, and ether, right? And so all of those elements are, are in our bodies. And we know this, right? Even at a scientific standpoint, if you want to use that terminology, we are a microcosm of, of what's around us. We have all of the same elements that exist in our, in our planet and I, I should say our solar system. And we, we have those components in our own bodies. We live off the same things that other life d- does around us too, plants and animals and all of that. So the dosha is the way we understand them. It helps us to see that person as the unique individual that they are. That's another reason why I, I just really love the Ayurvedic lens of healing because it doesn't just say like one size fits all for medicine. And it really kind of cl- closes that gap in those question marks that we have about health because so many times we're like, why Why does you know eating this raw vegan diet work and this person's thriving on it. When somebody else tries it, they're like making YouTube videos slandering veganism because they feel so shitty, right? It's because their doshas are different. And so when they're eating a certain way, it might not be suitable for their doshas. And I'm not talking about veganism in particular. I'm more talking about raw food diet, right? Because that doesn't that aggravates certain doshas. But the, the doshas help us understand What's our unique constitution? What's our unique body-mind type and how we're gonna be affected by the foods that we eat or the things, the lifestyle choices that we make, the herbs that we take? And so like Kendall, Kendall, you're a pitta, right? So pitta is the fire predominant dosha. It is a dosha that is usually like how it how it shows itself, I should say, in the personality or the body of somebody. Uh, personality wise people tend to be very intelligent very charismatic people they're kind of that ceo energy i like to say like they they usually are their own bosses they're leaders in their field very naturally responsible people very type a people usually too and in imbalance they tend to be a little more short-tempered irritable they have that fire flare up right Uh, whereas in the body they're usually very moderate build athletic people people that love to move their body a lot of times they're people that were in sports all their life or you know super active super like you know dancers whatever it could be like moving the body they love that and usually they they tend to in imbalance have problems with again we're looking at that fire so how that manifests Acne, inflammation of the body, um, rashes in the skin, and hyperacidity of the gut—all of these things we are we're kind of commonly seeing in Pitta people.
0: Yeah, so definitely with Pitta, I, I feel that, and sometimes I feel Vata as well. Like Pitta, I feel like very motivated, like clearly mm-hmm. I'm my own boss, I do my own thing. But then the <laughs> fire in the body, just feeling burnt out, and then sometimes I feel like very Vata mind, like. I go into these like where I'm just very in the clouds, like thinking like quick thinker. These ideas are coming to me. Like when I'm channeling my podcast, I'm just like, I feel like I'm in my Vata mind because it's just like, shoo, 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 absolutely, shoo, and it just coming through. And then sometimes I feel like after like having a lot of energy coming through, pitta and vata I go into like almost this like kapha crash I don't know, I just came up with that term or I'm just <laughs> exhausted and I don't want to get out of bed and I guess like it would be helpful to define the terms of vata and kapha as well yes yes I love that because it's true right
1: I should say we, we aren't just one dosha that's the truth even when we are looking at you as a pitta predominant person all that means is you're picked up predominant doesn't mean you don't have vata and kapha and or experience vata and kapha energies, right? And that goes for everybody. So vata is the air and space elements. So it's the lightest dosha, the most m- moving and mobile and flowy. And usually people that are really spontaneous go with the flow, super imaginative, and usually in the arts and creativity. But In imbalance, they tend to be unstable, right? They have either excess thoughts of the mind, a little bit of maybe anxious tendencies, and kind of are a little bit scattered or all over the place. And then physically, they're very thin in nature, very, very thin, hard to gain weight. And they kind of usually tend to have imbalances with constipation, digestive sensitivity, and dryness, dryness of the body, skin, eyes, hair, all of that. Then there's kapha. Kapha is the earth and water element. So Kapha is the most grounded, the most stable, and usually how it manifests in a personality is very motherly energy, very nurturing and loving in nature and avoids conflict at all costs, kind of that friend, you know, that likes to take care of the group, but kind of is the more like quiet one and and really kind of takes the backseat, but is always that big supporter for everybody. And in imbalance, they tend to fall into inertia and laziness or depression, kind of that stagnant energy they, they can fall into more easily than the other doshas. And physically, they tend to be a little bit more broad people. That doesn't even mean heavier set, but broad boned and or curvier in build or, or stature and a little bit easier to gain weight. So they're the people that's like, it's not even fair. They could eat less than you and they might still gain weight, more weight because there's just their constitution. It's their body type. Um, and they tend to have issues with weight gain, with mucus, like uh, allergies and asthma kind of accumulating in the body and lower energy, lower energy levels. So that's kind of just like a little overview of those, those doshas and how we might experience them in our bodies or in our minds.
0: So would you say then, cause I'm Pitta predominant and you said like Vata yeah. Kapha almost equal. So yep. would you say then when I have like those I feel like I like get these like bursts of energy for a couple of days or maybe just one day or maybe even a week where I'm just so focused I'm just like this is getting stuff done yeah. Then I'm just so burnt out and I need like at least one day to do absolutely nothing and I just like I feel like my mind does not allow me to get anything done I'm just like I can't I'm just so exhausted
1: mm-hmm. would you say
0: like an imbalance within me, or just I need to, you know, maybe not exert myself so much during those energy, energy bursts, but just like find balance within that, like, how would you describe that?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. It really is. Because, you know, how we see it usually, and this is, again, dependent on each person, right? But from what, what I know about you, and what you've shared with me, I would say it is more of the like, the energy is getting depleted too much in one area and that you're, you're having that burnout like we keep saying, right? So your pitta and your vata, but especially your pitta pushes you to really go for something when you're in it or you're thinking about it. You're gonna like really be on your hustle, on your grind, be in the zone, get a lot done. And by the end of the day, it's like, oh my God, 14 hours have passed and I didn't f- even feed myself or like, you know, like, cause you're just so in the zone. And then the next day, Boom, like you hit that low, right? And that vata instability kind of comes in because pitta used up all its fuel. So I would say it's more of like that. How can we actually bring in kapha? We actually want to bring in kapha to you Mm. in your body and your mind because kapha in its strength is that stability quality. It doesn't have to be slowness, it can be very productive in itself when we have that stable quality that it brings. It helps us, it helps us vata pitta people stay grounded and stay you know how I should say like utilize our energy in the right way so that when we're we're not using it all up too fast or that we're not just going too all into one thing and then not able to do the next thing or whatever that it might be brings us that earth earthy energy you know
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense because I feel like I always feel guilty for resting Mm. and for taking those moments to rest because it feels like sometimes it's not always super intentional, but rather just because of the burnout, I need it. And I'd rather it be intentional. And so bringing that balance into it with having like set periods of rest, you know, getting on that good sleep schedule, like you mentioned in our consultation. But yeah, maybe we can go more into like the structure of like what works best for each like mm. predominant type because i'm sure people listening they're hearing you describe the doshas and i'm sure they can like think oh i think i'm mostly predominantly this yeah. obviously you're gonna want to actually do a real consultation because i thought i was vata until <laughs> i was told otherwise it's <laughs> (laughs) definitely never what you think. But I feel like it's also helpful to hear those descriptions and think like, okay, maybe this is what I need to be doing. So yeah, maybe we can go deeper into each type a little bit. I know with Pitta, mine, I think I know most about that one because we just did a whole like 30 minute deep dive into Pitta. So you're saying with Pitta, like I need to have more structure in the way, the times that I eat and the times that I sleep, because Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm sure a lot of people listening relate to this. But just in this t- today's world, like our sleep schedules are so off. Like on the weekends, we'll be staying out till 1 a.m. During the week, we'll be up till like 10, whatever. We're waking up at 6 a.m. during the week, sleeping until 11 on the weekends, eating at random times throughout the day. Like sometimes I'll go like until 3 p.m. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even eat. (laughs) Or I'll eat way too much throughout the day or I'll eat like at midnight. And so it's like, I think this might be a tough one for people to hear, but I'd love to hear about like the importance of, sticking to certain eating schedules and sleeping schedules and when and you shouldn't eat when you should eat, stuff like that.
1: Totally. You know, I think with scheduling, a lot of people, I should say, especially Vata people, resist structure, right? We like we're like, I wanna be able to change my day every day. That's what keeps it interesting. (laughs) And we have this boredom, this this wrong idea that like structure is boring. Or that it won't bring excitement to our life, which is actually totally not true. In the right when it's when it's used in the right way, because when we have that scheduling in our daily routines for the way we eat and the way we sleep, it's so nourishing for our body and really, really, really essential for keeping our bi- mind, body, spirit system in harmony. Why? Because let's look at it from like a more Western terminology viewpoint. We have a biological clock our body runs on, which is our circadian rhythms and are all of our hormonal systems, which are constantly signaling our body, it's time to eat, it's time to sleep, it's time to digest. So now, like, imagine with me that you ate today at 12 o'clock, and then tomorrow, you didn't eat till 4pm. And then the next day, you ate at 11am. Your body doesn't follow that because there's no pattern. So what it does is it says, Well, I'm gonna start the digestive process at 12 p.m. And if you haven't had food yet, it starts anyway. It starts signaling your body to go into digestion. If you did have if you had food way earlier, now your body is not digesting at the right time and that food's just going undigested in your body because you haven't re- yet reached that window. Your body clock is telling you it's time for digestion. Um, or whether you're going to bed like on different times and waking up at different times every day, your body stops getting the signal that it's time for bed. How many people struggle with that, right? Because of screens, their bodies get really thrown off because they have all of this stimulating light um, mm. in their eyes at a really late hour of the night. So their body, their circadian rhythm, their biological clock has no idea that it's time for bed. It thinks it's sunlight hours, it's the middle of the day. And so now the body's not able to cool itself down to relax itself. And so the stress, you know, cortisol goes up, and all of these things go off that are causing a lot of long term issues for us, we just don't see it instantly, we don't see it right away. And so that's why sometimes we think it's not a big deal, or we think um, it's not that important. But we want to be able to give our body food when it's ready to expel that energy. (laughs) And then vice versa, if we don't have, um, if we don't have food there, right, like, that we're just wasting energy. We're wasting our body's energy too because our body's ready for that. Our, and and same with our sleep schedule. So having that consistency in daily, like staple daily living things is very, very healing, very, very grounding. And also it takes off, it takes off this burden of the mind where we're always like a little bit thrown off, a little bit confused, or a little bit. What am I going to do today? Right, we waste a lot of thought and a lot of energy on that process too, and so even that can help us stay a lot more centered, a lot more spiritually, you know, grounded and focused by having that that in our life.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I I don't know who said this or where I heard this, but talking about like finding freedom within structure. Like you need the structure in order to have freedom because if you don't have those habits built, then you spend a lot of time thinking, okay, what do I do next? What's next? What's this? And what Oh, what am I going to eat today? Oh, what time should I eat today? And you waste a lot of time like thinking about Mm -hmm. it and not actually doing it. And so for me, I've been like this summer, especially, I've been really trying to create more structure in my life because I'm someone who, is like in my Vata mind, like very flowy. I'd rather not have structure. I'd rather just do whatever I want. But I'm seeing it having a negative side effect on me because I'm getting burnt out because I'm Mm. spending so much time doing last minute things, trying to figure everything out last minute that I'm just like burnt out and then I don't end up getting what I want to get done done. I guess my question for like the sleep schedule, because I feel like a lot of people – You mentioned, like, for me, I should try to go to bed before 1030. So clearly, obviously, you can't do that every single night. But like, does one night a week going to bed late, is that going to completely throw you off? Like, what's the balance? Is it 80, 20? Like, what's the amount of days of week I can stay up late and not be (laughs) completely ruined the next week? (laughs)
1: You know, it's a good question. Sadly, it's not like a mathematical formula. There isn't one there was there's not one answer. And that's the that's that is the like beauty and the challenge of Ayurveda is because we're 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 in a society that's really used to having an answer or like a Mm. an instant like tell me the formula, tell me the math Mm. and or everybody should take this pill and this will make you less anxious. Everybody should take this. This will help you with your gut. Like we don't see it that way. So it's not, as, mm. it's not as straightforward of an answer, but it's a more holistic and a more truthful approach to actually how we heal that, right? So in general, I'll give you like a little look into it. Like in general, we, I heard somebody describe, I think it was one of my professors and I found it really interesting that the hours of sleep we get before midnight, like count as double, basically. Count as double the deep sleep that the hours after midnight do. So for people who stay up really late, this takes a really, really detrimental effect on their life, whether they really know it or not, because again, internally, their body's chemistry is going off. It is in in all the negative ways. Their stress levels are raising, raising, raising in their body because they're not going into deep sleep. So so really what we want to look at is how can we get more hours in the earlier night integrated into our schedules? And how can we wake up at an hour that is going to actually give us more energy and this seems a little funny to people but waking up early genuinely will give you more energy and I like I urge you to try it if you have not and prove me
0: wrong because it sounds counterintuitive. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that like cuz even though like I love my sleep and I love sleeping in but I always feel so much worse than if I were to just get up at yep. six thirty. Like I'll like 100%. wake up at six thirty naturally and be like, oh, I feel really wide awake. But I can sleep for another couple hours and then I like wake up and I'm just like, well, what time is it? Where am I? Right. It's like this tic- TikTok I saw <laughs> was so funny. The guy like bo- at five thirty, he's like wide awake, wakes up at at ten thirty, and he's just so groggy and out of it. And that's yeah. so true. And even today, I got woke up at six thirty. And I felt so good and I was on my schedule. Like I didn't, wasn't planning on eating around 8 a.m. But I did. And then I yeah. ate around like 1 p.m. Night. And like I'm on the schedule you gave for me. And so I, I feel so much better already. Yesterday was like a really off day for me because mm. I slept in. And it's so interesting that like, Waking up earlier does give you more energy, even though you yeah. wouldn't think it. But 100%. I know there's different I know that Kaffa, Vata, and Pitta occupy different times of the day mm-hmm. as well, which is so interesting to me. Maybe we can go deeper on that. Why those times of the day are good better for certain things, you know?
1: Yes, I was like, that's a perfect segue because I was about to bring that concept up, right? Like how can we understand why this is why this is happening, right? So the doshas, the, the, the energies we were talking about earlier, right, that they manifest in our bodies and minds, they also exist in nature, just like everything, right? They exist in nature. So they operate for this planet, too, for, for our whole our whole ecosystem as a whole. So we have the dosha clock, right? And you guys can look this up if you're you know listening to this podcast or afterwards. It's really cool to see. But there are two times of the day each dosha energy is present. And it's pretty fascinating, actually, because you could be totally brand new to this. And when you see this, you're like, wow, that's totally true. Like, <laughs> like you feel you've, you've had that direct experience of these energies and maybe you haven't had these words for it, but it's very accurate to like most people's experience of the daytime. So or day or nighttime. So let me start with Pitta because that's more important for the sleep. So I'll start off. Pitta, pitta is active from 10 to 2. At night and 10 to 2 in the morning. So 10 to 2 time is that fire energy. It's the time you're gonna feel more productive, more on top of things, and have a little bit more natural energy to get stuff done. So when we sleep past that time, right, we're already like gonna be so off because our days like our energy was ready to be started. It's ready to be like going and doing things, but we've we've passed that window. And likewise in the evening time. If we pass that Pitta window that starts at 10 PM, what we enter is that second wave of energy, right? What a lot of people Mm -hmm. struggle with when they struggle with sleep or have insomnia is that they feel like I get so, but I'm so inspired at nighttime. I can get so much done at night. Like I love nighttime. It's my favorite time because they are not sleeping before that window opens. And so around say 11, even 12, they feel this boom, second wave of Pitta energy to get shit done. And they're ready to do it. So Vata phases in from two to six. And that's why we want to wake up in that window. So like when we pass that window, say after 6am, that's why we feel like we get really heavy again. And it's like tough for us to wake up because we've crossed that prime time of like, Let's get out of bed. Let's wake up. Let's get going. A lot of energy. And now we hit kapha. So kapha activates at 6 a, around 6 a.m. to 10. So that whole 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., which is the time a lot of us accidentally or purposefully sleep in at, during, right, is that lethargic, tamasic, heavy energy. So it becomes very difficult to wake up during those hours. And that's why people like feel like they can't wake up really, because they're waking up not early enough, which sounds funny, but they've entered into that, that earth energy window and they're feeling the effects of it. And so now waking up doesn't feel good. It feels really difficult and it feels like a struggle. And then when they do get up, they feel more tired because they're waking up in this kapha time zone, which is the lowest kind of energy point that's there, you know? And so we want to get ourselves up either ideally like right before sunrise or around sunrise, depending on the season of the year, right, that changes a little bit. But ideally, the sun is like, it's a huge indicator, right? Ayurveda is all about living in natural rhythm. So the more we can be in tune with the sun, and in tune with the moon, our sleep improves. So Mm. that usually for most people, whether their dosha is vata, pitta, or kapha, or a combination of them, Looks like getting to bed around 10, which sounds, I know, super early sometimes for American lifestyle or even like Western lifestyle in general, around 10 p.m. And then waking up in the window of 4 to 6 a.m. So that's going to look different for each person, right? If you're somebody who knows you do better with eight hours, you got to organize that, right? So that you're getting your eight hours. If you're somebody that is okay with six, like a pizza person, usually they're like, "I, I only need six. Then you can get your six and feel good. But it's all about when those hours are happening is going to totally change your quality of sleep. That's what people miss is they think it's about quantity when it's actually about quality.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And have seen that in my life. And especially waking up in the Vata hours, I feel like my meditations are so much more powerful. Yeah, I feel like, especially if I wake up, but at sunrise before anyone else is awake it's silent outside i can hear the birds chirping it feels like i can connect so much yes. more quickly and deeper to my highest self through meditation when i'm meditating at like 5 a.m or 6 a.m versus when i'm waking up at like 10 and i try to meditate and everyone's moving around the house and yelling and the sun's so bright i'm just like I just <laughs> to go back to sleep
1: totally um,
0: but yeah, it's definitely one of those things that I know is good for me and I know feels better when mm-hmm. I do it, but for some reason I still my brain convinces me in the morning. <laughs> like I don't something about the brain, man, it literally will convince you to do the things that are bad for you. Like I'll wake yeah. up in the morning and I'll be so stuck in my dream state that it's like yes. confusing. I don't know what's real. I don't want no no no, it's not real. And my dream just like convinces me to go back to sleep. Like, oh, you need more sleep. Like, you definitely need more sleep. And I don't know if it's the <laughs> way that I've been talking to myself like since I was young, like in the internal right. monologue or what it or just like being tired and loopy. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting that like my brain will do everything to avoid myself from waking up. And yes. I think I just am a person just naturally who craves being in the spirit realm, right? So, like, sleep for me is so much fun because I love being in the dream world <laughs> that it's hard for me to wake up and, like, yeah. want to go about my day because I love being up in the yeah. realms of that Vata energy when during sleep. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I guess one of my questions, one of my questions would be, what would be the ideal time for a nap if a nap is allowed <laughs> <laughs> in our favor? Yes. so daytime napping
1: is, like, pretty that's a pretty big no-no in Ayurveda no. <laughs> why because again we're back to that biological clock we are interrupting our digestive system at the most important time of the day aka mm-hmm. after lunch which is when most people would choose to nap because you feel that crash happening right around the afternoon time and that's the time when our body's digesting all that food so number one it's creating toxicity in our gut because now our body's in sleep so it, it stops, it shuts down, mm. stops digesting the food that you put in it, whether that was breakfast or lunch or both, and stops that, that process from happening. So we consider it to kind of increase toxicity. Now, there are exceptions. One, summer season, because summer is, which is right now, luckily, summer is the time where there is the most energy being used up by our bodies because of the external heat in our environment. So our bodies get depleted more easily. So we're allowed to take occasional daytime naps. That would be around, around. You know, you'd want to ideally have it a few hours after you ate your your lunch. So if you ate at twelve, you could do it at maybe like three o'clock. And fifteen to twenty minutes is the the only nap which is actually proven to make you more energetic. Otherwise, anything longer than that, you you actually don't go into like the right sleep cycle. So just keep it like a power nap.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel that because. I feel like anything after like 20 minutes, I wake up feeling way worse. And for some reason, naps like always feel heavier, like the REM sleep cycle. I don't finish a complete cycle Mm -hmm. to the first 15 minutes. Then I can wake up with more energy. Is that kind of what that's based on? Yeah,
1: it's exactly spot on.
0: Yes, I feel like it's interesting how these ancient knowledges and sciences that are based on the natural cycles of the world and the way the world works is also very in alignment with science and how, like, neuroscience and how our brain works. And so I think it's cool to see, like, these things blending, like, ancient sciences and these, like, Western sciences. Like, there's definitely benefits to both and to learning both.
1: It's so exciting to see, like, finally so much evidence, modern evidence coming out to back what Ayurveda has been saying for thousands of years and give it the credibility it deserves because it has literally invented so many modern medical concepts like surgery. Number one was invented in Ayurveda. No joke. Cosmetic surgery as well. Rhinoplasties were done over 5,000 years ago by Ayurvedic physicians. Yeah, crazy. Um, Also, the concept of all of these different plants that we still use in pharmaceutical medications but of course modified in different ways um being used as medicine and even the concept of the microbiome is one of the newest ones that like everybody's talking about and only within the last few years was like discovered that oh wait we have a microbiome in our gut and it affects our moods and changes our mind and serotonin and wait everything is centered in the gut yeah we've been saying that for 6000 years <laughs> But now we have the now we have science to back it up. So it is it is exciting, you know, because it helps start a lot of conversations and get people open to it.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've been seeing it a lot more on my TikTok. I don't know if that's just because TikTok knows that I like this (laughs) stuff. I don't know if everyone's seeing it, but I'm seeing so many more Ayurvedic practitioners or people who are just interested in Ayurveda talking about Ayurveda, talking about gut health. And I think it's just super cool to see. Speaking of gut health, though, I think one thing that I struggle with that I mentioned in the beginning and that I bet a lot of people struggle with is acne and so I know you said that there are specific foods that could aggravate acne yeah. and we don't have to go into specific dosha types I guess but because I feel like a lot of people struggle with acne so maybe yeah. it's like a commonality thing but what would you say is like some of the mo- biggest foods that aggravate and create acne and why is that
1: yeah you know Again, it's not as like the easiest formula as I wish I wish it, wish it could be. You know, skin conditions are actually considered one of the most complex things mm-hmm. to fix within <laughs> Ayurvedic me- medicine because their pathology is very um, unique and involves a lot of different systems. But there are like definitely aggravators, I can just tell you off the bat, that from the Ayurvedic perspective would cause a lot of aggravation of the gut slash skin because again, like I think you mentioned in the beginning, the gut is the source of skin issues, and the and you know there are a lot of holistic people that that are totally on board with that now, um, and some that are still maybe catching up to that, but <laughs> I have no doubt that like that is absolutely the truth and there's just too many cases of people you know getting final resolution for their skin only after changing something they ate or something um, a particular thing that they were doing or not doing with their food right so I would say a big thing for most people watching probably would be processed foods, right? Processed foods are a huge contributor to skin conditions because they clog. They clog our internal pipes, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, the things that are further away from their natural state are going to be things you want to try to avoid or reduce in your diet that are really going to benefit not only your digestive system, but everything that comes from it, which is your mental health and your skin you know, the, the health of your skin. So those could be foods that are canned. Those could be foods that are pre-made and you microwave. Those could be foods Mm -hmm. that are really old leftovers. Those could be foods that are just processed with a lot of different additives and chemicals, like and a lot of filler, you know, filler, filler, um, additives in them. Those can be foods that are, you know, GMO or not organic. So the more that you can go towards fresh, locally grown and chemical-free, the better. Um, and for most people, for most people, I will say that the more plant-based they eat, the better their skin generally will get because, and again, that, that does still depend on what kind of plant-based food, right? If you're just eating Beyond Burgers every day, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a different story. But if you're eating whole foods, plant-based diet, a lot of healing in and of itself for a lot of people We'll start there because, oh my God, their body's finally getting fiber. Their body's finally getting um, all of these healthy sugars from fruits and all of these different micronutrients from all the vegetables they've started eating. Whereas before they were just having like burgers and top ramen, right? (laughs) I used to eat that way. So like those kind of changes, eating more fresh, cooking more at home and having more fruits and vegetables in your diet is a really good place to start. I would say one other big aggravator for a lot of people—not in your case, Kendall—I know because you—you ha- are—you are already vegan—but um, for a lot of people is dairy. Dairy has a so-so-so much hormones in it and so many pharmaceutical medications in it because they're given to the animals. That—that that really really fucks with people's systems, um, especially with their hormonal systems, which are a lot of times rooted in acne issues.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm so glad I cut dairy out. I've gotten to a point where I like can't even fathom the thought of consuming dairy. Like it yeah. just grosses me out. Like specifically milk. Like I yeah. don't I still don't get people who put milk in their coffee and no judgment. It's more of just like <laughs> why? <laughs> I'm just shook. I'm just like, you yeah, still you were drink dis- dairy?
1: You were <laughs> I think because
0: I surround myself with so many vegans or people who are yeah. like vegetarian, or at least they don't drink dairy. I have yeah. like I'm shocked when I see someone drink dairy.
1: Yeah, you don't see it as much. Yeah, exactly.
0: But speaking of hormones, because I, I feel like um a lot of people could probably, probably listening, struggle with painful periods, period cramps, irregular periods, heavy periods. I know for me, I have typically had really heavy periods and very painful periods. Like my last period, Was so painful. I was literally on the ground in fetal position, crying, shaking. My body was shaking. I was sweating, and I was dry heaving. And it was so painful. And it came out of nowhere. And I prepped because, like, what I've been doing is prepping myself with a leave, which I'm trying to not take as much Advil in a leave. But it's so painful that I need to. But it's hard. You feel like stuck because you're
1: in a lot of pain. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm trying to wean off slowly and like getting to a more natural state. Um, but even sometimes it's just so painful. And I, I did a poll the other day asking if people experience painful periods and pretty much everyone said yes. Yeah. So I was wondering if there's like an Ayurvedic explanation for that. And I'm sure it's, I mean- women's hormones in general, like especially in the US and Western world are just so messed up just from all the toxins in our air. Like everything is just throwing us off with the food we eat and throwing off our hormonal system. But um, how do we get back to like a state of normal? Because I've come to realize that like, Period cramps are not normal. Like it's common occurrence, but we're not supposed to be experiencing this much pain. And I think yep. we've normalized it so much like growing up, yeah. like it, you just expect the pain immediately and you expect to have these horrible periods because right. that's what we've been taught. But in reality, in a healthy state, we shouldn't be experiencing these debilitating yep. period cramps and yeah. how do we get it's, back to normal?
1: It's really it's the terrible situation that so many women have been plagued with. And it's not right and it's not normal and it's not natural by any means. And, you know, sadly, women take the toll um, of a lot of, I should say, it manifests even stronger in women than in men, generally speaking, the quality or lack thereof from our lifestyles and from the food we are being fed. Female bodies really collect more of that because of our reproductive systems than men sometimes do or see in, in different manifestations. And so it has become sadly normalized to have excruciating periods or tons of, you know, irregular symptoms or headaches or really bad digestive issues or mi- really bad migraines or terrible outbreaks or horrible mood swings. Like, and it's just become like all right, just accept it. Just take it. That's part of what it is to be a woman. And no, it's not. And I think one of the the things I've been most, truly, truly most fulfilled with and since I started seeing clients for the last year is in terms of female health healing. I, I, I like, I think for me, that's been one of the most satisfying things to see with people is how much change can actually happen. And I'm not going to lie. I truly didn't know how much change could happen in a female cycle until Ayurveda. I personally like struggled with really painful periods for all of my life. And literally just because of integrating Ayurvedic diet changes and herbal blend from my doctor and my Ayurvedic doctor into my life, I literally don't get cramps anymore. It was life changing. Like it literally was life changing. And I saw, and not only that, the cool thing is now I get to pay it forward. And I've seen so many clients for this. It's probably one of the, I would say the top things I see people for is for female health issues. That's what people come, a lot of people come to me for. To see how frequently that these big shifts are happening is just like the coolest thing ever. Like I literally have no more cramps. Like my cycle has changed completely. I don't have heavy bleeding anymore. And now it's so moderate and painless and I'm not getting headaches anymore. Like I feel so good in my body. And it's just like, Yes. Like we all need that. We all, we all have, we're all deserving of that. And and that experience is very possible for each of us Um, where that can start, where that can start is, I know we keep talking about it, but really it does go back to food. A lot of it goes back to food. So the more that we can avoid things that really, really mess with our hormonal systems, the better. So that again, we kind of touched on is a lot of animal products in general, one of the reasons why, even as an Ayurvedic practitioner, I generally recommend vegetarian to vegan diet for people is because of this, because even if you could argue that certain people could benefit from animal uh, products or, or animal protein, the quality that it is now is not even remotely close to natural. So it's just it's just a fallacy to say, that that's good for somebody and I can't as a like medical professional do that. Like so so especially when it comes to women, I'm like, I love you. So I want you to know like that is hurting you. That is really hurting you. It is so pumped full of hormones and estrogen and tons of medications that do not belong in our bodies and, and that are really messing with our bodies. So reduction of that is a huge place to start. Another really, really helpful thing is actually the integration of particular herbs. Herbs are powerhouses for toning and healing or repairing the uterus and the ovaries from inflammation and or other like accumulation of whether it's cysts or other things like that, that we might experience to cause a lot of severe um, symptoms during cycles. So like Kendall, we're giving you a formula that's going to have a conglomeration of like four to five different herbs. That specialize in cleansing the blood, in reducing heaviness of bleeding, in breaking down um, accumulation of basically deposits of tissue. So that's like cysts in the in the ovaries and in overall, t- basically toning our hormonal system. And just with herbs like that, I'll give you the example of one. Shatavari. Shatavari is like every woman's best friend to start with. So if anybody's listening, mm. you can you can definitely at least add that in there. There, We can do a lot more working one-on-one, of course, and making you a custom formula with other herbs, but that's a good place to start because shatavari is like such an incredible reproductive healer for women. So there are herbs like that we utilize that just make a world of a difference in, of course, in harmony with making diet and lifestyle changes, it can really do wonders.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I'm most excited for. Obviously, like helping me with my acne and just overall feeling better in general. But I think I'm most excited for, you know, not having that period pain anymore. And I think another important thing to note is that it takes time to like implement these changes because... I think where when I went vegan, my initial motivation for going vegan was for clear skin. And the funny yeah. thing is, is it did not give me clear skin. It gave me the opposite. I think that was a lesson, a spiritual lesson I was receiving as well. Totally. Because I met someone with like the most beautiful skin. and I was like, how do you have such good skin? And she's like, I'm vegan. And I was like, oh my God, that was the main reason I went vegan, which eventually once I realized like at the moment, like when you first go vegan or first change your diet or you're first cutting out yeah. toxins from your diet, you actually have to detox that because yeah. you've been putting in so many toxins, whether it's meat, dairy, certain types of processed food. Yeah. It's going to take a few months or I don't know the exact yeah. day. I'm not a doctor, but it will take a little bit for your body to adjust and to start um, you know, getting rebalanced with the hormones. And especially because I went off birth control almost about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. And I've heard it takes up to three to four years for your hormones to be rebalanced after going off birth control. And that's a whole nother topic that we don't need to get into, but we can do that. that,
1: And then I was like, oh man, that's going to be a
0: whole nother thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's too long of an episode. So we will go into that another time, but yeah, essentially why I'm still experiencing a little bit of acne over a year after I'm gone vegan is because I'm still detoxing from going off birth control, not eating meat and like getting all these toxins out of my system. And it's just with time. And I think now that I'm had this consultation with you, which was so amazing, like you went so in depth into my body and what, you know, constitutes my makeup and what different things are going to help me. I'm so excited to just start this because I've tried everything, literally everything that I've read online, dermatologists, everything, and nothing has worked. And nothing has ever worked for my period cramps ever since yeah, I started, like, first exactly. started having my period. So I'm really excited.
1: It's going to be a great little test <laughs> of the Ayurvedic methodology. And like you said, holistic medicine does take longer because it's not chemical. It doesn't just like wham your body with like a crazy amount of chemicals that just like, are, like antibiotics that stop something instantly. No, but when we do it with love and with patience and with consistency and we start to integrate these changes that it does pay off it really does and yeah it might some people start to see it within you know weeks or less some people start to see it a few in a few months you know and some start start to see major changes within like 6 months when it's actually kind of started to settle a little bit of course for like chronic stuff that that takes a little bit even longer but it's so worthwhile it's so worth it in the end because ayurveda is about sustainability it's not about instant. It's not about this, like taking a pill and, and getting better for now and putting a Band-Aid on it. It's like healing it from the root. And so that sustainability is going to last your lifetime, hopefully, right? Once you, you learn this, you, you can use it forever and you can feel so good. And knowing like that this is a sustainable thing. It's not a fad diet. It's not a like random restriction. And it's, it's just a way to live in harmony with yourself and feel better in that
0: yes and it feels so much better to have something that's sustainable rather than like going on these crash diets or these new yeah. plans and all of these new things that come out every other week about diet yeah, i'd rather stick exactly. to something that's been known for thousands of years and to just be able to be one with my body and in flow with my yeah. cycles and energy cycles exactly. period cycles everything and just to be able to sustain that energy and you know, switch my lifestyle, not just my, the way I eat for a little bit, but literally switching my lifestyle so that I can feel more energetic, more excited, more inspired just to live a more fulfilling life. And in case anyone is interested in getting their own consultation, you can book it with Priscilla. I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit more about how people can book with you and where they can find you online.
1: Absolutely. Yes, you can book me at tinyurl.com slash or on any of my social medias. The link's always there in my bio as well. And then on social media, you can find me at Kundalini Yogini Prasida. We'll, we'll add that you know in the description. I know it's a mouthful, but I have YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. So you can connect with me, any of those places. And even if you guys just want you know, a free 15 minute consultation call to see if this is right for you and we can work together. That's absolutely a possibility. So send me a DM. Otherwise, if you want to book, you can book directly through that link as well. Um, I also have a practice in person in Huntington Beach, California. So if anybody is local to that area, you're more than welcome to come see me in in real life and we can work together. Um, And basically what the consult is, we go through a comprehensive intake of your, your medical history, your lifestyle, all of the things that you eat, your sleep, your digestion, all of the different components of your body um, and mind, and then we target whatever those those goals that you have, those things that are, you know, your your biggest complaints, um, and then we, I, I basically put together a unique plan for you with your di- whole diet plan, lifestyle, and yoga therapies and herbal formulas. That are going to help you repair all of that and feel better. So yeah, if you, if anybody wants to connect with me, feel free. Again, you can just send me a DM and we'll talk from there.
0: Yes. You literally gave me the most comprehensive plan for my diet, <laughs> sleep schedule, workout routines, different meditations, different yogic practices, different breath works. And I'm just like, so, so excited. And thank you so much for putting Yay. so much time and effort. Like it's clear that you know a lot about what you're talking about and you're so passionate about it and you care. You know, those three are so important to being a good practitioner and helping people heal because it's clear that you want to see me heal and that you've put a lot of effort and time into building this plan for me. And I'm excited to see where it goes. And if anyone's interested, I'll put all the links in the description below. I'm sure we can go on so many different tangents and go deeper on these different topics in future episodes. So if anyone's interested in learning more, just shoot, shoot me a message on which topics you want us to go deeper on and we can definitely set up another episode Yay. in the future. But <laughs> I had so much fun having you on. Thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you
1: so, so much for fun. having me and I'm really like I I am genuinely excited to hear how everything goes for you and of course like be here for you along the way and and yeah i just i do love i really do love ayurveda so much and it is it's it is my my heart and soul so i am so happy i got to share it here with your amazing audience too and super excited to talk further
0: all right and with that let's wrap up the episode this has been a great long juicy episode but i I know you have things to do places to be so thank (laughs) you again for being on And yeah, catch you on the next episode we have together.
1: Yay. Bye, everyone.
0: Wow. What an amazing episode. I learned so much from talking to Priscilla and learning about my body type and getting a consultation with her. I hope that you too learned a lot about your possible body type, your possible dosha type. And again, if you're interested in learning more about this and getting deeper into how to heal yourself naturally and how to heal yourself and live according to your dosha type, then definitely reach out to Priscilla and book a consultation with her. I've linked everything below, her social links and the link to book a consultation with her. So if you're interested, definitely check it out. Another thing is that Priscilla actually has online workshops. So if you're interested in learning more, you can check out her Instagram for when her next workshop is. I believe it's coming up soon. She holds these quite frequently. So definitely check out her social links to find out when the next workshop is. I also wanted to share one more thing since now it has been a couple months since this recording. We recorded this in July actually, and now it's November. Took me a while to edit it, but here we are. But ever since taking the advice from Priscilla, my life has been so much more balanced and healthier in general at the time of this recording, it was right before when I had my big burnout and went into a rut depression hole. I talk about it on earlier episodes. So if you wanna hear more about it, you can listen to those. But basically I was burnt out, exhausted, just depressed and feeling awful because I was not living according to my dosha type and my natural body rhythms. So after speaking with Priscilla and after her prescribing me specific herbs to take for my painful periods, specific supplements to take for my acne. And she told me what I should and shouldn't eat for clearing my acne. I swear to you, everything has changed. I am feeling much more balanced, much more healthy. I have so much more energy now that I know what my body type is. And also now that I've stopped eating the foods that she told me to stop and taking the supplements regularly, my skin has completely cleared up. I don't know if you remember from the episode, but I said that Nothing was working. I was seeing a dermatologist. My skin was horrible acne for the past year and a half And ever since implementing these small tricks over the last few months, my skin has completely cleared up I'll definitely post some before and after pictures on my Instagram So check that out so you can see just how horrible my acne was before and I tried everything and then just making the slight Adjustments according to my Ayurvedic dosha type everything changed. My skin is so much more clear now I'm feeling so much healthier happier happier, brighter, stronger, more energetic, and just overall living a more balanced lifestyle, you know? That's what we all want, right? A balanced lifestyle. So definitely hit up my girl P, Priscilla, if you are struggling with acne, bloating, digestive issues, sleep issues, energy issues, burnout, any of the things I've listed before, hit her up, book your free discovery call with her and take the first step towards living a naturally more fuller life. All right, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you liked it and you haven't yet, please subscribe to my podcast and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean so much to me. Also share this with a friend who you think might benefit from this episode. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode. Peace out.